Good evening. Welcome to a live edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. That's right. We're back. I'm Brian Fulford. That's AD Drew. After a uh, a couple of weeks off, we are we are uh, we are blessed and fortunate to be able to come back and uh, kind of do what we love doing, talking about HBCU sports. So, uh, Drew, I, I've missed you, man. How you, how you been? What's the latest? Oh, everything's been going good, man. Uh... Got got a lot going on uh, here today, you know. Here so here today, so we don't get fined, you know. Number one, and uh, number two, we're gonna be here for a good time, not a long time, because we got an all star game we got to go watch. You just jinxed it. You just jinxed it. All right, we'll we'll see, we'll see. You know, we'll see who goes. We'll see who's the more long winded in their commentary, me or you, and what holds us over that eight o'clock window. So I'm going to hold you to that. You say you want to be out by eight o'clock. So, uh, all right, then that's the goal. All-star weekend. Uh, that's what's uh, happening. And okay. So I got to ask you, Drew, with the all-star weekend that that's happening, obviously you had everything going on from the, uh, the Friday activities on Saturday, you had the, uh, HBCU all-star game, or no, not the All-Star Game, the HBCU Classic featuring Grambling and Southern. You had the dunk contest, the skills contest. I saw none of it, obviously, for, uh, you know, just saw none of it. Uh, and then you have the game on Sunday. Did you, did you catch any of the any of the All-Star stuff on the last two days? Have you caught any of it? I, I did catch All-Star Saturday, the uh, dunk contest, the three-point shooting contest, and whatever that was – for a skills competition. Oh, you, you're not a, not a fan of the uh, the, the the skills competition. <laughs> well, the thing is, they change it every year, so yeah, do. you don't you you never know at, from a fan's point of view what it is. And what I like to see is people try to break records, and you know they uh, who who was it? Somebody, Buddy Hield, I believe. Somebody tied Steph Curry's record in the first round in the three point shooting contest. But what they don't tell you is they changed the scoring format, so they had two extra balls out there for three points. Oh, each. so wait a minute, it's, it's no longer five balls, and the fifth ball is the money ball. Yeah. Okay. If you remember back to the when it came out when Larry Bird and all Larry those Bird. guys there. Yeah. It was four orange, one money ball. Correct. For right. two points. 
the exactly. backs you could score, the backs you could score was 30 at that point in time. Correct. Correct. Then they changed it to to the four plus the one, but you then you had your money ball rack where you put five money balls in one rack and the shooter got to choose which rack he wanted for his money ball rack. Oh, okay. Okay. Which which changed the scoring format because you, you would get you could get a max of thirty-four points. In, in that instance, you can get six off each rack for 24 points, plus the, the buddy ball rack was worth 10 points each, with 10 points total, 34 points. Now, they've added some white Sprite balls, obviously sponsored by Sprite, <laughs> the uh, sponsor, with, and I forgot what they called it, but that ball was from about 28 feet away, 28, 30 feet away, and those were worth three points each, and there were two, there were only two. So now you've been a max of 34 points to a max of 40 points. Wow. But so when someone's, and this is the first year they used that format. So when someone tied Steph Curry's record for the most points in the first round, well, hell, he had opportunity to earn six more points. It's like, you know, it's, it's like the NFL records now. All the records you and I have grown up watching in our lifetime have been based on the 16-game schedule. Yes. Now they're playing 17. Playing 17, yeah. Right. So, you know, well, before that, it was 14. Before that, it was 12. And then yep. going back to that, it was 12. Just like right. college football, just like your college football records, used to be based on the 11-game schedule. The 12th yep. game, the bowl game, did not count on your career stats. Then yep. they started counting, adding the – bowl game into your career stats mm-hmm. then they went mm-hmm. to a 12 game season after that which gave you 13 opportunities now you got the playoff system so some teams have up to 15 games in which to accumulate stats at the end of the day it's good difference. on paper yeah but well when you break you gotta, it down you have to look at average per game you know you got to start looking at average per game and that's how you're going to really determine what somebody did because you cannot like you just pointed out you can't look you can no longer look at the total numbers anymore you have to sort of use the total numbers as a side dish and then look at your average per game as the total uh i don't know why they keep changing the three-point shootout you know that i get changing the dunk contest because how many the, the dunk contest is what it is you know i mean we see guys dunking all the time. I still think they, they're scared. I don't know why they're scared. Well, I do know why. They're scared to go to, like, uh, wild card. Like, have non-NBA players dunk off against NBA players. You know, and insurance. I think they're – yeah. well, it may be insurance, but also probably a fear of you losing out to – a quote-unquote non-NBA guy. I'm not going to call him a scrub, but let's just say you lose out to uh, to somebody who's not in the league. You know, and Mac McClung, I think that's his name, he's about as close to not being in the league as there is. You know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> he about just got the league. He just got the league two days ago. Two days ago, right, 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 right before the All-Star break, he gets in the league. I think, I think the Sixers did that purposely once he knew he was going to enter the competition. I think that's why they did that because, you know, somebody in the league office said, hey, man, we, we got to have this kid we in the league. If he's gonna be, yeah, we, we can't have him representing the G League 
ers or whatever the uh the the minor league team is for the sixers uh so the question is will he stick around you know what i'm saying will he you know i mean i'll start you start seeing videos of white kids dunking now that that's what that's what'll start filtering on your timeline little white kids doing dunks in the house on little nerf hoops and you know that they got a hero mac mcclung you know so Anyway, I you know I don't know why they would want to change the three point shooting contest. It until somebody hits every ball on every rack, they can't retire that competition. You know what I'm saying? Once somebody once somebody goes perfect, and hell, if Steph Curry didn't go perfect, nobody's going perfect. So, needless to say, that's how that is. Oh, one other thing about the All Star. Did you hear that? I think next year they're going to do away with announcing who the last person or the last person on each team will be, you no. know, cause they do the, yeah, apparently that was like kind of one of those funny things to say, okay, of the top 24 players, who's going to be pick number 23 and pick number 24. Cause it's like, who when wants they do to be the all-star draft? Yeah, it's like, who wants to be picked last? Because then you end up on a meme somewhere as, oh, you're the last NBA guy to get picked. But damn, I'm the 23rd, 24th best player in the league. So what's the real issue, right? Right. Uh, but anyway, I heard that's coming. So, the, the you know, enjoy, enjoy tonight as much as you can because uh, who knows? Something's going to change. I don't know. They still doing the Elam ending in the All-Star game? I guess we'll find out at eight o'clock Eastern. All right. The best part, by the way, of the All Star Game Uh-oh. is the introductions. The introductions Uh-oh. that they do of each team—that's the best part up until maybe the Elam ending. Everything else in the middle is garbage, in my opinion. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just. But, but Brian, did you actually see the dunks that some of these people did in the contest? Highlights. I, I watched. The, I have not watched a dunk contest since Jordan in '91 or two. Uh, because everything's on highlights now. I know, I know. Vince Carter. Vince Carter was the last one I watched. But I think even that one I watched highlights. I watched highlights. Anyway, Uh, I'm just saying. But but, but the kid did, when he did the uh, 540, I mean, that was was nice. That was impressive. Like, you could slow that down. 540, double pump, and... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I give you credit. Even, I don't. Know. I couldn't even do that on a seven foot goal. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the dunking over two people, what was pretty impressive because he didn't push off. You know, he there was no extra push off on anybody. He just literally went up over. And I, vert. man, that's vert. yeah, straight vert. I mean, that kid's got to get. He's got to play, man. You got to let that kid in the league. At six man. two. I'm sorry. Brian. Six two. Hell, that's a guard. That's a guard. That's how high you are. I'm six one and I got about a good hundy on him. So I mean, you know, I, oh, yeah, I mean, we ain't gonna talk about the, we ain't gonna talk about the width. We just talked about the yeah. height. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm an inch shorter, a hundy, a hundy bigger, and probably Brian. five seconds Brian. slower. <laughs> tell about, tell about, tell about, tell about. You know what six two in basketball really is? Uh, shooting guard. No, 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 no. I'm talking about when they list you at six two in basketball. Yeah, you Point you guard. really six six foot and one half. Your height is really like six foot and one half. But they always they always list Round you about up. an inch and a half to two inches taller in basketball. Right, right, right. So um, he, he he probably is your height exactly. Oh well, geez, 
Well, lucky him. Anyway, he got he got touched. Yeah. He got blessed with with a few skills that I don't have. Allen Iverson was six one, and he's the same size as me. Yeah, and Allen Iverson always looks shorter, but again, we're talking you're in a league against 6'6 guys. So, hey, uh, also, of course, when we were out for a couple of weeks, the Super Bowl happened. That was really the main reason why we didn't do the show uh, the last time. Uh, Drew and his his Chiefs won, uh, defeated my... the, The Eagles I was rooting for for a day. I became an Eagles fan for a day. Didn't work out. But uh, we had, they had a chance. They had a chance. They had a chance. Uh, it was a classic. Was it really? I need to go back and watch it again if it was a classic. Yeah. I, I, was I, a classic. I don't think I, I did my usual. I slept through the third quarter, which was probably the exciting quarter. And uh, when I woke up in the fourth quarter, yeah, I, I, you know, that's the pattern. These days I'm old. I get the first half. I watch the halftime show. Uh, the drinks have kicked in. I'm a little tired. So I kind of snore through the third quarter. And then my, my buddies wake me up in the fourth and say, yo, wake up. You're snoring too loud. Or it's like, hey, wake up. You're missing a good game or something. So, yeah. What'd you, what uh, what'd you say at a halftime show? Uh, okay. So I thought she gave a good performance. I was disappointed. There wasn't more thrusting and hip gyration. But then again, come to find out she's pregnant. So I get it. Um, I, I was kind of confused that the NFL would bleep the opening song, Be Better Have My Money, uh, because then you got all the little dancers dancing and thrusting and juking and jiving and, do, you know, whatever, the, you know, stuff that you might cover your, if you had a four-year-old kid, you would have covered their eyes. But, you know, I, I give it a B. It was a solid B+. Plus. You know, I, I, I was... I thought the coat was going to turn into an umbrella. Honestly, that's what I thought. And uh, yeah. And then the funniest thing I heard on TikTok, a, a, listen, this, I, I, that feels weird that I just said that. I don't have TikTok, but I heard somebody play back a review of the performance from TikTok that said it broke down. And it, it's a woman's a breakdown. And basically, in short, Drew, the. Rihanna was, and I, if anybody's heard this, please comment, okay? This is what I heard. A breakdown was that uh, Rihanna was a vagina. The little white caricatures or white dancers were sperm. And that it was supposed to be a themed performance that, init- along with the songs that she chose, that showcased that she's pregnant. Did that make sense? I can, I can, I will, I will find the full explanation. But apparently, there were three stages to the performance with the songs, three trimesters or something. Yes, 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 exactly. Yes, yes. It was, it was a. I don't know if anybody else has heard this, and I don't know if it's true or not. But and listening to it, I either came away thinking that chick has too much time on her hands. Or that is the most well thought out and conceived uh, analysis of a performance that I think I've ever heard. I don't know which one it was. You know, yes, I, I see Edwin Moore is like, what? I I swear, Edwin, I if go go look it up, go look it up, go search like uh, 
Rihanna halftime show explained. I haven't looked it up myself, so be careful. But uh, apparently that that was an analysis of the show. And I, I thought that was way deeper than what I was prepared for when I heard it. But I don't know. Kind of interesting. So what was your take on Rihanna? How, what would you what would you I, <laughs> you're looking, looking up in the I'm, air? I'm looking up because that was over my head, bro. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> You asked. You asked, and I, I haven't had, any, I haven't had, I haven't been able to tell that to anybody. So I just thought I'd Brian, tell the world on our show. Brian, just, just be happy I don't have the mute button tonight because we actually have a producer in house tonight. So be happy I don't have yeah. the mute button when you got into that one. Yeah, I appreciate. It. I, I was trying to clean it up. I didn't know if I could say the V word on our show, but hell, it's it's our show. It's we can say whatever we want to do. You know, it, it is a human part, so it's nothing that we can't be scared of. It. Ooh, he said vagina. Ah. Anyway, all right. Yeah, there's a sound. Let's bite. get let's, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> let's change. Let's, let's, let's transition. You sure you want to transition off of that? Okay. Transition. Hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Give a shout out to our people on YouTube, uh, Edwin and Moore. This would not be a good time to transition into female sports. <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't going to start there. Mary305, first in on the chat room on YouTube. Uh, shout out to you guys. Uh, C. Lee uh, in the house, David Garner. I'm sure there's a few people. Um, yes, I agree. Prince's halftime show with fam is still probably number one. Uh, greatest uh, halftime show um, ever performed. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's that. All right. Uh, so before, before, we, before go we go on, uh, yeah. I don't know. If I, saw, I saw a comment come in uh, on the on the YouTube feed about uh, Tony Duckworth at all. Okay. Um, I do hear you. I do hear you. So um, I see there's right. Drew. I had, I had a good uh, on my screen. It just everything just froze up for a second there. Yeah, it was. It wasn't just you. It was a. It was a few of us here. So hopefully, I think okay. we're back on. Yeah, right as <laughs> right as Edwin gave a thumbs up to the stream. Thanks, Edwin. We appreciate the jinx. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but the uh, okay. So yeah, we can start with the uh, the Tony Duckworth news out of Albany State. I want to kind of pull that up because I know. Uh, when I saw this was real late last night. Um, and so... And it, and it came out a couple read. of days ago. Yeah, so, okay, so the, you you commented first is where I saw it, and I think you were commenting, I don't know, were you commenting to his... Yes, to his tweet. To his tweet, okay, so... Yeah. Um, and I hadn't seen anything official from the university yet because I uh, followed Duckworth on Twitter. And, I, and I've known uh, Coach Duckworth for whew, probably 20 years from back, yeah, in the, um, from back when he was a basketball coach. 
Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to see where I, I had the I had the his comments because I came across the HBCU Game Day article, um, and I wanted to I wanted to read his comments, uh, sort of in in sync with that. Um, so, Drew, I, I will read the, I will read some a little bit comment here from the HBCU Game Day article if you can find your tweet there um, with him. But uh, Stephen Gaither had sent out this story on Sat. It had been late Friday night uh, that a that uh, Tony Duckworth announced on Friday that his time as AD at Albany State ended on February twelfth. No official statement had come out from Albany State. Now, Stephen, in his opening paragraph, draws the parallel by starting with roughly a month after making headlines for offering Marcus Stokes, uh, Marcus Stokes being the uh, quarterback recruit, the young white kid who uh, um, uh, had, uh, had got caught on video, you know, dropping the M-bomb to a couple, on a couple songs or a song that he was listening to, and then lost his scholarship to Florida, then uh, later was offered by West Florida, then Albany State, like days after Coach Quinn Gray had took the job, um, and then Quinn Gray had to later apologize. Uh, Alabama A and M also offered him, but anyway, he he chose to go. Uh, he, he took the offer at West Florida, but anyway, so Stevens' opening paragraph says, roughly a month after making headlines for offering Marcus Stokes, Albany State is looking for a new director of athletics. Um. So, yeah, there is part of the statement in here from Duckworth, uh, who, who says, uh, in part, he says, I worked tirelessly in this role. Um, he took over the position on January 2nd, 2020. Uh, he says, I knew this would be the most challenging undertaking of my 27-year career in college athletics. I'm proud of what we accomplished during my three plus years while i have had detractors during my tenure i have also met a number of amazing people i've enjoyed supporting the student athletes in their training and competition i would like to acknowledge the coaches and staff uh for our collective effort in enhancing the student athlete experience um drew you have a relationship with coach duckworth there is no word that we've been given that this was related to what to this whole uh, recruiting or scholarship offer to uh, to the young man or even Gray's apology. Um, I am a, I, I am aware. I can say that uh, Duckworth was behind and supportive of Quinn Gray offering Duckworth. So you know any apology that gray had to make was purely at the behest of the president of albany state who took issue uh marion ross frederick uh who took exception well let me let me rephrase that as 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 pressure emails phone calls things of that nature came into her office she became aware of the situation and that's when she objected to the to the offer and so we don't know for a fact if duckworth is another casualty of this 
or if there's another move in place. Uh, obviously, Gabe Giardina leaving to go elsewhere. Um, but uh, I, again, I stated previously, Drew, and I'll let you jump in here. I stated previously when the president made you apologize, and I'm talking when they made Quinn Gray apologize, I said at that time Quinn Gray ought to keep his head on a swivel and be out the door the next chance he gets. Now you see that the athletic director is gone, the same athletic director who hires you. I know Quinn Gray is not going to leave, but again, if I'm Quinn Gray, I'm looking over my shoulder and I'm I'm real nervous because you had your legs cut up under you in one two days on the job, 48 hours, with that embarrassing letter that he was probably forced to issue. That's flat out embarrassing. And then uh, now your AD is gone. That's not a good look. Not a, it doesn't instill confidence if I'm a new coach at a new school. Your thoughts, Drew? Oh, I, I, I totally agree with you. The optics of it don't look good for Gray, did not look good for the whole situation. But, Brian, you have to really – let me back up. I live 45 minutes from Albany, Georgia. Uh, it's about 50, 55 minutes from my house to campus. The Albany State is, has been in a unique position, especially over the last – Five to seven years, Brian. Now, for those who do not know this, uh, the history of the current Albany State, this is not your grandfather's Albany State, Brian. The current Albany State is a merger of Darton State College and Albany State University. Albany State being the HBCU. Darton State College being a community college, junior college, whatever you called it in your area, that was <coughs> a <coughs> excuse me, a predominantly white college in the same town as as Albany State. There's also another uh, college there, Albany Tech, which is a, a technical school, but it's uh it's on the junior college level also. And but Darton State and Albany State were under the same state system in the same town. So the state of Georgia forced these two institutions to merge. The white institution and the black institution. The white two year school, the black four year school. Now the white the white two year school has some very good programs on that on that two year level. They have some very uh, one that sticks out to me is the nursing program was uh, you know one of the tops in the state, especially uh, for a two year school. So you've had this, you've had an HBCU, and I'm not making excuses, but I'm just giving facts. You've had an HBCU who was forced a non HBCU culture and forced to merge and accept a non-HBCU culture because they kept the name Albany State for these two for these two institutions. Mind you, 
the four-year HBCU, the two-year non-HBCU had better facilities than the four-year HBCU, Brian. Mm, wow. The basketball arena was newer and better. And mind you, Albany State, back, let me back this up. Albany State's campus, compared to most HBCUs, even though Albany State is over 100 years old, founded in 1903, but that campus is fairly new because that campus had to be totally rebuilt after the floods of 1994. Okay. So they've got new basketball arena, 90%, probably 80 to 90% of the buildings there are new, 30 years or less. But even considering that, the two-year school still had better facilities than the facilities that were just built 30 years ago. And most of our HBCUs do not have that many facilities on their campuses that are 30, year, 30 years old or less. So you've had a lot of mixing and merging of culture, people, administrations had to be merged together. Some of, some of the coaches who are currently at Albany State came from Darton College. Some of the people in the athletic department came from Darton College and merged into the Albany State system. And obviously, both teams have had baseball programs, both teams had soccer programs, both teams had basketball programs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Only one set of coach from the athletic portion, only one set of coaches were able to stay. So, you know, with that, something, I believe baseball and softball, the Darton coaches stayed. Volleyball, volleyball, basketball, and they didn't have football. It was the Albany State staff. So, so th there's a lot that goes into this that if you're not down here, you don't quite understand this and, and the culture. And maybe there was pushback from some of the older alumni. Maybe there wasn't. But, you know, yeah. Fact is, they had a white athletic director. Fact is, well, I, I can say this for a fact. Tony Duckworth was didn't didn't see color. The Tony Duckworth that I do didn't see color. He didn't see black. Didn't see white. He was about he was about good running good programs, good athletic, and doing what he needed to do to help these kids graduate. Black, white, whatever. He said, I've known Duckworth long before he ever thought about going to an HBCU. I knew, I knew Coach Duckworth. So, you know, I, I just think if that is the reason, I think it's a shame that these things couldn't, couldn't be figured out and that it had to cost someone their job. Now, if Coach Duckworth had a lead on another job and has the opportunity to go somewhere else and, you know, you've got to resign – reside at one place while you're waiting on some stuff that happened in another place. Totally different situation, Brian. Totally different situation. Uh, just going over the Duckworth resume while he was at Albany State. Uh, first Hall of Fame, Athletic Hall of Fame induction since 2013. Uh, significant fundraising. Uh, secured uh, peak sports management to solicit corporate sponsorships. Launched the Athletics Golf Golf Classic in 2021 to support uh, athletic scholarships. Uh, raised uh, $90,000 during those two events. 
third-party revenue building, uh, new athletic uh, ticketing, uh, sideline merchandise store. You can find Albany State's merchandise all over their, their campus now. Uh, you were there. You saw the quarterback club when we went to the yep. football game there. So that is a very good atmosphere there in the quarterback club. In addition to, uh, you know, leading the uh, – being the athletic director for the baseball team, softball team, and football team, all making playoff appearances during his short uh, three-year tenure there. So, uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, Godspeed, Coach Duckworth. Godspeed. Right, and, and we'll wait to see what the where if he ends up somewhere else. Um, that might give us an indication. He will end up somewhere else if he wants to. Sure. Yeah. So, so long as he wants uh, to stay in college athletics, I don't. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Yeah. So we'll we'll continue to keep an eye on this and ask some questions because uh, very curious situation there um, at Albany State. So uh, we'll just something to keep our eyes on and, and see if there's any other uh, dots that we can connect. And, and again, this is. It may not be a connecting. They, these two things may not have anything to do with each other, but um, very, uh, very interesting connection. Let's take I a do break. He was at the Albany State Fort Valley basketball game, which occurred uh, on. Oh, my calendar. Which occurred uh, the Saturday before everything happened. Okay. Which is the well, biggest game? Uh, yeah, on, on Saturday the was, 11th. Well, well, well Saturday the 11th, was he was at well. the Albany State Fort Valley basketball game. Yeah, at Albany well, State. We'll wait to see whether Albany State issues a statement. I, I think they, I, I think they're owed one. I, I think, I think one is owed. I should say it like that. And so, uh, props to uh, Ad Duckworth for uh, putting out the statement first of the university. One going to put it out there. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think uh, Darling Moore will possibly move into the head chair, and uh, I know she's a she's a she's a good basis. one. And on interim basis, uh, she's a good one. And so Albany State should be very fortunate uh, that you have her, and you better hope you can hold on to her. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, did, let's did get out of here on a break. Did she uh, put her name in for FAMU? Let's let's take a break and uh, we will come back more. We are on the we're the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. Nope, not going in. Not going to drown today. Fixing your credit score can be scary, but with Credit Versio, we take the fear out of it. Okay, you can do this. Be brave. Don't cry again. Hey. This isn't too bad. Creditversio helps dispute negative marks on your credit using our state-of-the-art technology that guides you every step of the way. It's never been easier to fix your credit and increase your credit score. Seriously, you can do this. Visit creditversio.com right now to get started. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. 
To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplified Development Services. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvée. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kever's voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kever's voice, Kever's voice, Kever's voice dot com. Always on, all the time. are exactly the same think again this is always ultra thins reinvented with the always triple protection system this pad wicks gushes 90% faster absorbs even more so you can feel dry and locks odors in rethink your pad for up to 100% leak free and odor free comfort with the totally reinvented always ultra thins this is always like never before you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics. There's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
Hey, welcome back to the uh, BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and uh, AD here. And uh, we are catching up on a lot of the events that we missed. Obviously, we didn't have a show last weekend uh, due to the Super Bowl. And so this is our opportunity to sort of uh, catch up on the things that maybe we didn't talk about that we would have talked about last weekend and then things that are going on this past week. So a lot of catch up going on from us. Uh, One of the things that I wanted to mention, Drew, that happened during the Super Bowl was the uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame final vote came out and on the at the NFL honors. And finally, Ken Riley, uh, a.k.a. known as the Rattler in Cincinnati, but more important was a FAMU football legend. Uh, his, his playing time under Jay Gaither as a quarterback in the uh, 60s during the golden era of FAMU football. Uh, then he goes on to change over to a defensive back. And all he does is a defensive back, a position he never played before. But obviously, being a QB, um, his understanding of uh, the game from that perspective, I'm sure, gave him a a sense of awareness that uh, was was probably um, uncommon at that era, uh, at that time. But uh, he went on to record 65 interceptions which still to this day is one of the top five total interceptions in the national football league record book and so you know sadly uh coach riley um you know passed along passed away in 2020 uh so you know he survived by his family and his son ken riley the second who we, we had the pleasure of talking to on wednesday on the ong strike zone but uh he, he has uh, been the upfront person. Uh, of course, he, he played, uh, you know, at FAMU in the in the early '90s. Same time we were there. Um, not only for his dad, but then also I think he may have played for Coach Joe in that last season in his last season there. But uh, a, a real a real selfless individual, real quiet selfless individual. When you think about Ken Riley, there's so much that we still don't know. Because as we were talking to um, Ken, you know, you got to think of the timeline and the arc of Ken Riley's career. When he left the NFL in, in 1983, Drew, right? He was, I, I think, uh, on the coaching staff with uh, the Green Bay Packers as an assistant coach. And he was only there for a short time. Because then in 1986, I believe, he was called to be the head coach at Florida A&M. So imagine you go from your time at FAMU with Coach Gaither to a 15-year playing career in the NFL to, you know, that short transition as an assistant coach with the Packers. And I, I don't know if there was other teams. And then all of a sudden what you're asked to be the head coach at Florida A&M and he did that all the way up until he was promoted to athletic director yeah and then and then was promoted to athletic director 
in the last seven years during the Joe era. One of our, again, we talk about golden eras. That was one of, that was part of our, that was like our second golden era of FAMU football. Uh, of course, you know, you had, you, you had Coach Joe, uh, you had Riley as the AD, you had the president, and every, I mean, everything is yeah, just everything. I mean, you know, think about them uh, for, for about a 15, 18 year period after that, it was mess after Riley had stepped down in 02. It's been a pure mess. I mean, we, we've talked about it before on our show uh, and, and this show as well. Um, yes, Ken Riley was a Rhodes Scholar as well. Um, somebody from the J.S. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there are so many levels to Ken Riley uh, that um, it, it's I, I told his, I told his son, Drew, I, I hope that over the next several months leading up to that weekend in Canton, Ohio, that we get to learn more. Oh, I don't care whether it's maybe an article like there's a great article in the Tallahassee Democrat today by uh, Gerald Thomas. Uh, you can you can go and, and find that on Tallahassee.com or if you go to uh, ONG Strike Zone, uh, you can look there. We, we retweeted it. But, uh, you know, just an outstanding career. And so he's the second Pro Football Hall of Famer from Florida A&M, the first being Bullet Bob Hayes. And I don't think he'll be the last. I, I got a feeling at some point in time, Nate Newton's name will get called. I got a feeling he's on that short list of guys who will eventually get the called kitchen. <laughs> the kitchen. Yeah. He will eventually get called into the hall of fame for his time. And he might be the third. I can't, I can't think if there's anybody else I might be missing. Wait, wait hold on, hold on. Brian, give my time yeah. straight. Didn't Newton play for Riley? If I have my timeline straight. No. Well, I think if Did I'm not mistaken, I think, I think no. I think Newton was at FAMU from '83 to '86, and I, I, the only reason I remember that so they just is missed each other. They just missed each other because he he was there for a couple of years, and he was a defensive. Uh, yeah, he's defensive uh, lineman, and actually yes. all all MEAC player as a defensive lineman, and then they switched him. And over then he switched to, over. Yeah, he he switched over to uh, to offensive line, and then that's when he went got drafted into the NFL as an offensive lineman. Um, and so, yeah, he was, he was at the, you know, he was like three or four years into the league when the Cowboys hit their run in the early nineties. He was already about four years right. into the league. Right. I, I just thought they would have done, I thought they did uh, one year together, uh, maybe Nate's last year, but like I say, I'm not hundred percent sure on that timeline. Right. Right. Um, so I, I, I thought that was a, a real cool. Any, any other any other thoughts on Riley uh, Hall of Fame and all that? No, it's just uh, when you think back about it, I mean, the only thing we knew at our time at Fairview was Kid Riley uh, as football coach. And then as I migrated out of Fairview, you were still there because you were a couple years behind me. He became athletic director on my way out of Fairview, so. Yeah, just uh, this tremendous guy. Never really had any big conversations with him, no more than just casual hi-hello type things. But, uh, you know, always seen manageable, approachable. Just just for what I've known about him from listening to other people talk about, just an all-around good guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and there, again, this is why for, for all uh, all of you, regardless of your schools, um. 
you know, there's a there's a movement afoot among rattlers that a we need to do more with our uh, recognizing and almost creating like that that hall of that that memorial hall of fame wing something that allows the story of the athletic greats to be told because I don't think there is a there is I don't I may be wrong Drew but I don't think there is a place where you could come in during the week or on a weekend a home game weekend and hear the stories or see the plaques or hear the, the you know, there, there's nothing that memorializes or memori- uh, remembers your, uh, the, your greats uh, or the greats of FAMU. And, and so I would encourage every school to tell your stories now. Now, while there's more access to information, get the stories out. Because our young people, right, the young I was people just, on, yeah, the young people I was on just campus. Gonna say that. Just don't put that on FAMU. No, no, you're right. You're right. I don't want to put it on FAMU. I was just using them as an example. There, there are a lot of schools that probably need to do more in how they recognize their athletic greats. Um, and, and the I tell you, one of the best I've seen, and of course, I'm down in this area. But when you walk into the jo- the Jones brother. A basketball arena at Albany State, and it's named for the Jones brothers after the four NBA players who played at Albany State, who played basketball at Albany State, who were coached by another Jones, their older brother, Oliver Jones. Yeah, Caldwell, Major, Wilbur, and uh, I am forgetting one of the Jones brothers' names. Forgive me, but there were four Jones brothers who all graduated from Albany State who played in the NBA. The most fam- the most notable of those was Caldwell Jones, who played with the Sixers for so many years. Uh, but they in in the basketball arena they have uh, they have a wall there, and they've got all of their greats from all sports. Right there, as you walk into any basketball game there on that campus, that's probably one of the best displays that I've ever seen with that, Brian. Yeah, um, I saw somebody in the chat mention the Eddie Robinson. Uh, I guess it's maybe the Eddie Robinson Hall of Fame or the Eddie Robinson Museum there at Grambling. That's one of those places I, I've got to go visit. I've never been to Grambling, but but I'd love to go visit it. Um and uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's your campus should have a building like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I got to believe oh, a portion campus, of a building, a portion of a building. Yeah. Whether it's somewhere around the athletic facilities or, you know, I don't know if everybody can quite, you know, do that uh, like what Grambling did. But but, man, it would be great to to have something that uh, recognizes your legends. So uh, that I know that's something that that needs to happen at more schools um speaking of legendary moments um Lavelle Moten of North Carolina Central while we were gone last weekend uh won his 240th game at North Carolina Central which allowed him to surpass uh John McClendon John McClendon had 239 wins. Uh, McClendon went on later to coach at Tennessee State, correct? 
Correct. And we know John McClendon had many more wins. He had 495 for his career, but 239 of those occurred at Central. Right. So Moten is uh, now at the time he had 240. um, And since that, Central has won two more games. I think they've won three in a row now. So he's at 242. And he is only, by, by the math, nine wins away from reaching Floyd Brown, who Floyd Brown. Seven, seven Brian. Really? With the two, it makes it drops it down to seven. 249 is the number. No, I'm I'm re- I'm and I'm gonna tell you where I'm reading this. I'm reading this right from North Carolina Central. This is a uh, uh, um, HBCU Nightly uh, had had retweeted this. This is this is from North Carolina Central. So they say North okay. Carolina Central says that Floyd Brown has 251 wins. Okay. So yeah, I'm I mean I know we talked off. Does, does it sur- doesn't surprise me that there's a discrepancy in the. <laughs> In the stats, and I'm and I'm not putting that on North Carolina Central, but I got you. there's yeah, a discrepancy yeah, yeah. No, on between the NCAA records and many a school records. You know, we had that debate right. uh, with with Tuskegee was chasing number seven hundred, and I, according to my research, they already had seven hundred, but the NCAA right, didn't right. have them at seven hundred. But right, that's neither well, you know, the NCAA takes you know, so you could have had an ineligible player. NCAA giveth and the NCAA taketh away. Exactly, which that all of a sudden but, you know you lose games because of stuff like that. But but hold up, Brian. Speaking of that, and this is just a sidebar. One thing that I've noticed as I've done the research about those things, especially when you've had games taken away for whatever, they take the game away from the team, but they don't give the win to the other team. No, they shouldn't. I don't think they should because you didn't win the game. Yeah. Right. You, you, so the other team you lost it, but you didn't technically right. win. Right. So, they, it's, yeah. yeah. And, and so that's where a lot of these discrepancies come up at is they, they took this win away, and, but their team may go back and put it on their record, but the NCAA doesn't put it into the NCAA record books. So that's right. where a lot of these discrepancies come up with is a game here and there that was in question. Right. So Floyd Brown, well, at the time when we were talking, those who don't, if you don't know North Carolina Central history, and, and trust me, I mean, we're not diehard, so we had to look it up. Um, he was the head coach there from 1952 to 1970. Um, and, well, at the time, we thought he had a 249 and 141 record. So anyway, we add two wins. I don't know if you take away two losses, but whatever. They say North Carolina Central says 251. So we were we were doing the math. Uh, North Carolina Central, who currently on a three-game winning streak, if they were to win four more games and then go Which into is all the they have tournament, in the regular season. Right, that's the final four games of the regular season. Then you're talking about the tournament, the MEAC tournament. That's probably three games. Uh, that would yes. that would put him at seven. That would put him right at the two forty nine number we were thinking by the end of the season. Now, that's assuming you know North Carolina Central doesn't lose another. They would have to win the tournament contest. Yes, and they don't lose another MEAC contest. Coach Moten would have two hundred and forty nine, which now we know would put him close. But anyway, next year, Lord willing, for Coach Moten and North Carolina Central, he will become the all time wins leader at his alma mater 
uh, North Carolina Central. So uh, props to uh, Coach Moten uh, for uh, for for surpassing a legend and uh, and getting a little bit closer to legend status himself. He, he's already a legend in that community uh, when you think about all the stuff that he has done and has been recognized for and continues to do in, in the uh, North Carolina uh, community. Uh, uh, he, he's one of the uh, he's one of the goats. He's, he already is. So uh, props to Coach Moten. Uh, coming up. We're going to talk to a GOAT uh, on the women's basketball side because we had the pleasure last weekend of being in attendance as Edward Waters University retired their first, I believe this is the case, Drew, the first jersey retired in any sport, men or women's, and especially men or women's basketball, the first jersey retired uh, LaQuanza Glover, who's a Jacksonville native, uh, went to Edward Waters University. Uh, as we first were, you know, broadcasting and doing, you know, games, we, we covered Edward Waters. And so we've sort of been watching Miss Glover since the early years. And uh, we can, we continue, we, we, we go into the gym knowing that, She's the one that everybody's going to be having to focus on. And we come away like, how did LaQuanza do what she just did? And uh, it was, it was, uh, we'll, I will read the accolades right before we talk to her, but it was great. It was a, a true honor and congratulations to the entire Edward Waters University athletic staff for one doing it when they did. I mean, she, she, she's already an undergrad graduate, but she's about to become a master's graduate in May, you know? Um, and so they didn't wait for decades or years. They didn't wait until she left and came back. Uh, they gave her, her, they, they, they gave her her flowers now while she's here, while, you know, coach Charmaine Wilson, who was her coach is still the coach. Um, Dr. Faison, the president of the university, is there and has done so much for her. Um, uh, VP Rice, uh, she did a great job of of kind of putting that thing together. I know Joshua Jackson, um, who, who's seen LaQuanza grow in that program. So, I mean, a lot of people doing a lot of great things to to help LaQuanza Glover. And it was it, watching her every night was a pure joy. And uh the biggest player on the court and was not the biggest person in size. You, you, you know, you'd look at her numbers, Drew, and you'd be like, who is this girl who's averaging a double-double? You, you think you're going to look five, for somebody eight, five, nine. <laughs> at 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, I, I, so, again, sometimes you watch and be like, I don't know how she just scored that bucket, but she did. I mean, and, and so, um, you know, we talk about legends. We've been talking about legends in this segment, and she is a legend. And so we get a chance to talk to her on the other side of the break. So let's do that. Let's take a short break. Come back. LaQuanza Glover on the other side. And uh, it'll be a pleasure talking with her and seeing her again. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in a moment. 
Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge. Featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here, and it's joined. It's a pleasure to be joined by a uh, a young lady that uh, Edward Waters, President and CEO, Doctor A. Zachary Faison, calls the ultimate teammate and competitor, Laquanza Glover, whose uh, number was retired just a week ago and will forever hang in the rafters at uh, Adams Jenkins Complex. Uh, Laquanza, it's a pleasure to have you on tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. It's an honor. Yeah, no, we, we, uh, we, we are big fans of you, have been ever since uh, we, we began covering Edward Waters basketball. Uh, I want to give the accolades just in case people who don't know Laquanza Glover, and this is coming from uh, EW, EWUTigerPride.com. Uh, Laquanza appeared in 125 games over her five-year career, 
and some of the superlatives that she earned the 2017-18 Gulf Coast Athletic Conference Freshman of the Year, 2019 Second Team All-GCAC, 2020 First Team All-GCAC, 2020 GCAC All-Tournament Team, 2021 First Team All-GCAC, 21 GCAC All-Defensive Team, 21 GCAC All-Tournament Team, multiple GCAC Players of the Week honors, and of course, she was the 2021 Black College Sports Network National Women's Basketball Player of the Year. So, uh, when Can you I hear throw something some of those, in on that, Brian? Oh, yeah. Add, add, hey, is there Brian. anything I forgot that you want to add? Yeah. No, nah, she should have been the 2021, 2021 GCAC Player of the Year. I still don't know Player how she lost that award also. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I don't. I don't know we, either. We didn't have a vote on that, but yeah, we we're not gonna talk about. She got the important one. She got the player of the year for us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll be thankful for what uh, we did, uh, what you did receive, and not reflect back. And and also, what was the stats, Drew, on the twenty twenties? Uh, I believe in our time, <laughs> how many twenty twenties do we have you down? Have Laquanza down for? I, and maybe she can help us out with that. I, we came up. We th- we think we counted four. Is that number correct, or, or are we off? Four. Oh, uh, I, I really don't know. I'll say. I mean, I think it's more than four, though. I can say that. I'll say yeah. I, between maybe like maybe six. Twenty points. Twenty six. rebounds. I'll say six. There've I'll only been six. three. There have only been three that we have encountered over the last five years. Three players, uh, yourself. Um, Dariana uh, Lewis from a Dariana Lewis at Alabama A&M and Amisha Williams. Williams. It was holiday. Yeah, she at Jackson State. Uh, and, and obviously, they uh, they stand a little bit taller than you. Um, at, at the six foot, what's always been impressive for me, LaQuanza, is – your ability to do what you do at your height. Talk a little bit about playing, playing bigger than your height, and, and where does that come from? Um, I, you you were a standout in high school. Um, talk a little bit about that, if you would. Um, I would say it's all about just heart and wanting it more than my opponent. Um, I already know I'm undersized. Um, everybody's taller than me. But I feel like it's about who wants it more. And I feel like I play with a chip on my shoulder and I play like I'm not going to let you out-rebound me. You're not going to outscore me. And I feel like I, since I had that mindset, that mentality, that's just how, how I just go out and do it. I don't really care about a size advantage because most of our opponents, as you see, were taller than me and I was playing a four. But size doesn't really matter to me. It's all about heart and effort and who wants some more. And I've always had that as a player. So that's why size advantage really has never been a problem to me. I just take it for what it is and go out damn ball. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Hey, Brian, some of her other uh, career career stats averaged a double-double for her career at 13.6 points and 10.38 rebounds per contest along with 3.02 assists. Total numbers, 1,726 points, 
1,334 rebounds, and Kyle O'Brien, 66 career double-doubles. 66 of them. So uh, j- just more on, on – I'm a numbers nerd. That's why these things uh, stick out stick out to somebody like me. And uh, so with all that being said, Kwanzaa, I remember doing your speech that you gave at halftime of the game when you were honored. You kind, you kind of let some people in behind the scenes and kind of talk about how tough it was on you coming from being that high school star that stand out playing high school to when you first got to EWU and those challenges of fitting in and a career that almost ended before it began. Tell everybody about that. Well, actually, in high school, I was more so of a role player. So um, I was I transitioned. So I started in private school where I was a star literally averaging like 40 points a game. And then I transitioned to public school, my 10th grade year. And um, I actually got along, got, I was able to play alongside with stars. So I was more so of a role player, just playing my role. And you know what I'm saying? Do what I need to do as a teammate to help us win. So come, but I came from a winning program. We won back the, uh, we won state championship. My 11th grade year, that same year we went to Madison Square Garden, we won a national championship. And then my senior year, we won again. So coming from a winning program, I just had that, as my coach would say, she called it cocky. But it was more so, of, you know, I just had that winning mentality, and that's what I was bringing. But uh, me and my coach, we really didn't see eye to eye on certain things. So, uh, you know, not seeing eye to eye and then having that attitude. And um, I can admit I did have a little attitude coming in as a freshman, so – uh it was it was rough um it was it was rough it was a challenge with me and my coach but once we got past it it was our relationship was so much better but it it was rough in the beginning for sure yeah now i'm curious let me ask drew because as a coach you know we always are we always have those challenges where we're trying to connect with players um and I'm sure there was there some give and take. You, who who did more giving? If you had to do the percentage scale with your relationship with Coach Wilson in those early years, who did the more giving? What was the what, what would you say the scale was in terms of who had to give a little more, or who was it fifty fifty um, or was it seventy thirty? Who did the most giving? I, I feel like I feel like it was even. Like you get what I'm saying. I feel like it was more of a fifty fifty. Like. Yeah, I, I can say I can say fifty fifty. It wasn't one doing more than the other. Like we was both on the same page. So I wouldn't say I was doing more, she was doing more. I would say that it was about the same amount, both fifty fifty. And, and and how did Coach Wilson? Because uh, I know she she's very intense, very driven, a successful coach, a winner. Um, how did she connect and motivate you? And and that kind of filled filled in with the whole team how, how did she specifically connect with you um it was more so of coaching me differently from everybody else um you know just basically seeing where I'm coming from as a player on and off the court and um just having that that type of relationship you need between the coach and the player so I feel like once we came to that mutual agreement okay well you can't say this to Q because she going to react this way or take it this way. or You know what I'm saying? I can't do this because my coach is going to 
uh, get on me by this or she may take it the wrong way by this. So I feel like once we had came to a mutual agreement of how to have that player coach relationship on and off the court, I feel like our relationship grew and it took a parent coach meeting for that to happen, which I'm in college, you know, most of the times you don't really have no parent coach meeting. It's whatever the coach say goes. You Excuse kick me, your scholarship will not be renewed next year. <laughs> exactly. Like you might not even finish out the school year, really. So it's all it all just, just depends basically on the coach. So I'm just really thankful that even although it had to take a parent coach meeting, I'm just glad that it did take place because if it didn't, I probably would have lost my scholarship. Go ahead, Drew. One other thing that a lot of people may not know about you and your situation down there at Edward Waters is this NIL thing. You were one of the first, if not the, the first HBCU female to actually sign an NIL deal when that came around. Uh, kind of walk everybody back through that and how that uh, how that came about. Okay, so um, over the summer, A.D. Bryant, our former A.D., he called me over the summer, I think, what is that, 2021? And um, he was telling me how, you know, get ready because the opportunity was coming for me pertaining to NIL deal. He didn't really go into details, but he said he got something for me and just be on the lookout, be ready. And um, so we went from there, and that's when it, it took place. We had a, uh, they invited the girls and the boys team in the gym. And then that's when um, they told, they basically told me, hey, we got this NIL deal for you um, from Mr. Jesus, who is the owner of Global Fright and Commerce. And that was the person I got my NIL deal from. So big ups to AD Bryant for, you know, making a way and making a deal and doing whatever he had to do for me to be able to receive the NIL deal from Mr. Jesus. So big shout out to both of them for that opportunity, for sure. And from a from a business perspective, because I, I believe you're what is your uh, you'll be graduating uh, with a graduate degree in May. And tell us again what your degree will be in. Um, business administration. Okay. So, you know, you have the NIL opportunity and, you know, you're, you're going into business. I mean, talk a little bit about managing your brand at the time. And, and, uh, what, what were you excited about that opportunity? Had, is that something that you and maybe other of your teammates at the time, other college athletes are talking about, thinking about, uh, give us a little insight into, into that at the time and, and how, uh, you know, you, you use that to your advantage? Um, I mean, it was really more so of a surprise to me. Like we had, it was a conversation that we had talked about during the summer, but I didn't think it would actually like happen. So when it did happen, I was like just shocked because I am the first female student athlete in the state of Florida at HBCU to receive the NIL deal. So I, it was really just more so me just being surprised by it because I didn't think it would actually happen. Um, so I really was just surprised. And, you know, just being able to get my name out there even more, my brand, everything else, you know, having my face, um, the cover of somebody's company, it, it was really a, a blessing. 
um, plenty of opportunities came from that experience. And um, I'm just truly grateful for that, for the NIL for sure. Uh, now, now being a Jacksonville native, uh, and, and now being sort of on that, on that, uh, uh, on whenever young people come into the the Adams Jenkins complex, they're gonna look up and see that that jersey, and they're gonna see your name. <clears throat> what kind of things are you hoping to be able to get involved in, uh, in whether it be Jacksonville or or elsewhere with your uh, with your degree and your background? Um, I don't need, I don't even really know. Um, right now I'm really focused on like going overseas and doing that. And I plan to, uh, just, you know, like basically give, basically give back to uh, my community and, and also my uh, university as well. But, uh, just inspire like the younger kids, um, and show them that they can do it too. You know, just inspire uh, go back to certain high schools and, you know, like speak to the kids and let them know, like everything I did, tell them my journey, my experiences, like just let them know, like, hey, somebody done did this and you can be next up. So just because I'm the first doesn't mean like I want to be the only one. Like I want to set the standard and set the goal and let everybody know, like, hey, I did it. I want somebody else to do it, too. So that's really that's that's really what I'm looking for from that. Okay. Uh, so you, you mentioned playing per, overseas. Uh, so that, 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 that is a goal to continue, pick up the ball again and, and get back to playing overseas basketball. That's, that's the plan. Yes. That's, that's the plan. Okay. That's the plan. Uh, I had, I had knee surgery back in May. So I had to take okay. a year off. So I, that's why I've been off this whole year. Cause I had to recover, but I just got cleared two weeks ago. So now it's time to work. Okay, got it. Got to put in the work, and and uh, and I'm I'm sure we'll see the the workout videos and all this stuff. That's another thing. See now, now it's like you guys have so many tools that you can use to promote yourself now. Uh, that right. you can use uh, to, to kind of get your name out there. Um, who were your inspirations? Who who inspired you when you were when you were a young child? Um, I would just like you, like a role model, like somebody I looked up too far. Yeah, basketball. whether it be in basketball, yeah, maybe in basketball. Who who inspired oh, you? It could be in life. Uh, or sure, sure. Um, I mean, really in life, just my parents, just seeing them be go getters, uh, just seeing them do what they do on a daily basis. I would say that's my imp- inspiration. It still is to this day. Uh, you all know I lost my father back in 2020, so that's more of an inspiration for me to follow my dreams and chase my goals and do what I need to do for not only myself but for my family because they're counting they're counting on me. And one thing about my mom, my brother, my sister, they believe in me. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, what I want to do, anything I tell them, they're going to believe in me 100%. And it's I'm thankful for my support system um, beyond those three y'all know prayers and first lady support me 100% through everything I do. So, uh, they're really my inspiration on why, why I do what I do really. Nice. Nice. Drew got any, uh, any, uh, any final thoughts or questions you want to get in there with, uh, LaQuanza? 
Yeah, she need to tell everybody about that big sneaker collection that I see over there behind her. You know, <laughs> I, I, you know, you expect to see the the trophies and the basketballs and, and all that stuff that she got in the background, but I mean, I see about twenty plus shoes that just in the frame right there. But I'm pretty six, sure yeah, she's got rows. more than that. Yeah, yeah that's six sure rows. That's about six so rows right. up right there by my count. By my count, <laughs> exactly. it's about six or seven rows right. up there. Yeah, it actually go. <laughs> it actually go like all the way around. Like I'm a big sneaker. Oh, wow. Like I blame my brother. Like he growing up. He was like a sneakerhead, and I was more into like electronics, like video games. Any electronic that came out, I had it. So now it's like I'm more of a sneakerhead now. Like, um, it's bad. My it goes all the way around, but y'all can just see this part. But this really is like my sneaker room and my trophy room. I don't have like I really don't have no space because I got my jersey that I gotta put up from the from the ceremony. I got certain, I got different, um, I got other jerseys that actually got to be put up that's not in the frame. So I, it's a lot of stuff that got to be done in here, really. But I am a sneakerhead. It's bad, like really bad. How many pair you got? My mom tell me all the time I need, how many I got? How many pair? Ooh. Yeah, just a rough guess, just a rough I'll, guess. I'll say about yeah, 200 plus. We know where she spent her NIL money at. <laughs> nah, I don't think this, I'm old two hundred nah, sneakers in my a, life. <laughs> I've been a I've been a sneakerhead before the NIL deal. Man, um, uh, what what's the pair? What what is uh what's like your? I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to relate this. You know, as as a collector of other things, um, what's your crown jewel? What's the what's like the pair? that maybe you've worn like I, I was checking your kicks out at the ceremony those are fresh i mean they <laughs> clean match the outfit but uh g- give yeah. us maybe a, a shoe or two that uh, give us a good story with a pair or two behind you there on the wall um, like how often have you worn them I, what's the what's the what's the length how many times have you worn them right so i don't she, she retire <laughs> yeah so i don't really I don't really wear my shoes, and if I do, I'm wearing them, like, one time, put them back in the box, and then um, I'm going to the next pair unless it matches my outfit that I'm putting on. But I I don't know my crown jewel. I would say the ones that I wore in my retirement, for sure. My off-white fours. I would say those. Mm-hmm. That's why I wore them at my retirement. That was a special night, special occasion, so I had to bring out a special pair of shoes. Off-white, retro fours. How long have you had those prior to wearing them? I had them maybe about two years. Never worn them. Wow. Wow. And so maybe two, three years, never worn them. So so was the was the outfit coordinated with the shoes? Since, since you had the shoes way longer, I'm sure. Did you kind of see the shoes and you said, okay, I gotta find the fit to go with the shoes? Yeah, I had the shoes and I was like, I got to wear something like out, like something that's going to pop. So I'm like, I got so these fly. shoes. So fly. Yeah, I got these shoes. I know nobody going to have these shoes on because a lot of people don't even own own those type of shoes. So I'm like, I got to find something that's going to match. And then I ordered something, but then it came in and it didn't pop. It didn't match my shoes. 
So now I'm like last minute trying to find something. And then I go into this suit store we have here in Jacksonville. And then I got the suit. I found a shoe. It matched up with my shoes perfect. And um, I got it tailored to my size. And I made it do what it do. Clean, boy. That, now, I, so I see clean. nothing but Nikes there behind you. Uh, you got anything besides Nikes? All I see is Nikes and Jordans Jordan. on the wall right there. Jordans. Um, I got some Yeezys in front of me. Some Yeezys right nice. here. I got like five pair of Yeezys right here on the other side. But all I wear is Jordan, Jordan and Dunks and Yeezys. That's all you'll really see me wear. I might put my foot in maybe some other stuff. Like I'm trying to get into like New Balances for sure. And I got some, um, I got a pair of Reeboks in here that I haven't somewhere. worn. But <laughs> yeah, somewhere so- in here, but... So let so, so let me ask with with this with this love of collecting sneakers, uh, if you had a choice between uh, designing sneakers or de- designing a shoe versus marketing a shoe, which would you rather do? And I'm I'm, I'm trying to help you out here in case you're looking for ideas for your uh, what to do with your master's degree and everything. So, <laughs> um, I would probably design my own shoe. I think that would be dope. Like design my own shoe and then I can rock it and then people be like what that is you wearing you know what I'm saying and then I can like put somebody else on like I can start selling my own shoe like just having my own shoe I think that'd be like real cool to have my own I I can see it Drew the uh, Q3s being worn first (laughs) by Edward Edward Waters University (laughs) I like that name it's yours. Mm-hmm. My gift to you. My gift to you. I don't want any royalties. Like nothing. My gift to Ex- you, Laquan. Except, except we gotta have autograph. We gotta have a BCSN autograph to the BCSN family in there with you from day one. And we and we only gonna wear them when we come to Edward Waters games. How about that? For sure. For Edward Waters. All of y'all get a pair. Y'all get a pair. I'm gonna sign them. And then when y'all come to Edward Waters, y'all gotta have them on. Yes, Thank yes, you. ma'am. No, no. Indeed, indeed. No, and I actually, we got you. Got to give us a pair. We got to buy a pair because I always believe support you. Now, the pair that you, the pair that you give me gonna be the ones that stay in the house or display like you got. But I'm gonna wear the ones <laughs> out that I buy. That's how you got to do it. I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. I'm gonna hook y'all up with some yeah. quick with my um with my brand. I'm I'm about to pop out with my brand soon. Crazy Apparel. Y'all be on the lookout. I got y'all. What uh? What okay? What kind of what 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 kind of what's the idea? What kind of things? What kind of gear are we are we are we talking? Are we looking at? Um, I'm probably start up with some shirts, uh, maybe a sweatsuit. I'm working on a sweatsuit right now. I got the design and everything. I just gotta do the other stuff, like get it put on clothes and stuff. But yeah, crazy apparel dropping soon. Y'all be on the lookout. Stay tuned. Quasi apparel, and then the Q threes coming in twenty. I'm I'm gonna predict Drew because she got to get overseas. Twenty five. No, no, no. I gotta get. I gotta get overseas first. Get overseas. I'm gonna go twenty twenty six. Q threes in twenty twenty six. After she had a couple years in the international game and been able to stack some chips, maybe even uh, you know get get some. Get get some records and get some 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 games under her belt, and uh, then then boom, twenty twenty six, the Q threes will be coming out. So that's my prediction. 
my blessing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray on that, and then we gonna we gonna we gonna talk it into existence. Yes, let's manifest, speaking into existence. I like that. Yes, indeed. Q three. Any final shout outs to Laquanza? Oh, just shout out to my family that's watching. I got my mom, my uh, my brother watching, my niece, my nephew. You know, just shout out to everybody that's watching right now. And I just want to thank y'all for um, having me tonight on y'all podcast. I really appreciate it. I see well, First Lady again. is on here watching also. First Lady yeah. on here? I did send it yeah. to her. Shout out to First Lady and Prez if y'all yeah. yeah. watching. I'm pretty sure Prez, I'm pretty sure Prez is watching also. Uh, yeah, he catches. He well, catches. If not, look, he catches the replay. I know he does. No, no offense other HBCU presidents, but... HBCU presidents who love sports, y'all got a hard bastard follow to catch that brother. That brother is – I've only seen one other person that I could compare to him, uh, Brian, and that was our president, was President Humphrey. When it President Humphrey, Ooh. when it comes hey, to yes. uh, being that that enthused in the athletics. Yes, okay. yes, I, I will. I will agree. I will agree. There's uh if there's a, if there's a, he's definitely moving in the right direction. And has done a lot of great things for Edward Waters, as 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 we have seen over the past uh, few years. So, um, again, we have to bring him on and find out what the sauce is. Yeah, that's that's yeah, a good. Y'all definitely you know gotta have my friends on here. Yeah, we we yeah. definitely we gotta. I, I'd love to have that conversation. I feel like that's a sit down. We gotta be uh, sit down in front. Get you know, do the in person sit down uh, with Prez on that one. Um, but I think that yeah. could be real insightful. Uh, all right, hey Laquanza, we thank you for your time. Um, let people know where they can follow. Uh, give all the plugs so that way people who are watching right now uh, can and and who watch on the replay can make sure to follow and uh, support you and in, in your new line that'll be coming out. Um, y'all can follow me on Facebook at LaQuanza Glover. Y'all can follow me on Instagram at underscore L.G.3 underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at Kwanzaa underscore three. And you can follow my clothing brand at Quasi Apparel on Instagram. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, hey, uh, congratulations again. Much success. Uh, we, we look forward to seeing you back on the floor. And uh, we know you're going to be working hard. Man, that looked nice. And, and, yeah, yeah, to find your way I like that. back into, uh, in, into playing again. I'm not going to tell you who uh, made that graphic. No, don't, 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 uh, don't tell me. Don't pat, don't pat yourself on the back. Don't pat yourself on the back. Uh, well, you made it. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yeah, I, think, I, I, yeah, I do. I, I do a lot of the graphics for us at uh, BCSA and stuff like that. So, I yeah, and, you. and I, I actually took that. pleasure in making that one. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Again, hey, it was great to be there to to witness it. Uh, congratulations again uh, to you, Laquanza. Props to everybody at Edward Waters University uh, who made it happen in, in celebrating one of your legends. And I know you guys are doing a great job over there at Edward Waters. And so it's a pleasure uh, to, to be there to witness it. So, uh, Laquanza, much success. Q3s in 2026, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, go go uh, yes, remember, go follow and support Laquanza in, in, uh, in the future. And uh, we look forward to seeing you back on the court pretty soon. All right? Yes, sir. Thank you. I really appreciate y'all. Appreciate All right. We're going to take a break, come back, and uh, with a little more basketball talk, you're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in a moment. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service 
with Slow Burn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they want to tap, uh, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Welcome back to Earth. Thanks, it was pretty life-changing. Dude, it was eight and a half minutes. I didn't even get to finish my burrito. Technology lets you vacation in space, but to get work done on Earth, you need more than technology. You need CDW. So with the Cisco hybrid work environment, we can deliver the same network experience to all your offices. Space spaghetti. Securely connecting your team from anywhere. Houston, we have a solution. We get it, Greg, you've been to space. Cisco makes hybrid work possible. CDW makes it powerful. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? <laughs> oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. It's something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Uh, just catching up on a lot of things that we missed over the past couple of weeks and, uh, uh, you know, not a lot of time to do it in. Um, a couple of things that uh, have been going on. I'm just kind of going through notes here, Drew, kind of see what have we talked about, what haven't we talked about. The HBCU Classic, I know we had an interview two weeks ago with um, Daryl Wade. And yeah, and uh, we talked about the classic is happening right now this weekend. And uh, who was it that somebody just put in the comments? Was it Jeremiah Clark? Jeremiah said the Cactus Jack HBCU baseball classic in Houston was a success in his opinion. I'd love to hear more, Jeremiah. I'd love for you in the comments to kind of let us know what you've enjoyed about the classic. I, I know the last game was a late night game tonight um, involving Texas Southern and ooh, somebody else. I, I had it pulled up, Drew, but uh, honest, uh, I think I lost that page here. Um, so anyway, uh, we'll kind of keep an eye out on that. Um going through some other notes. You know, we haven't talked about softball and baseball a lot. That, that Baseball started this weekend. Softball started last weekend. One interesting note, Stillman College has thrown a no-hitter in two different sports. I believe last weekend, softball, no, Base- wait, a, wait a minute. Was, actually, no, because they were ahead of Baseball was first. It was a combined no-hitter in baseball. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is that because, and I guess who started this weekend was actually Division One baseball started this weekend, Division One softball last weekend. But on the Division Two and NAI level, they actually started a week prior to, so they were already already playing games, right? And so Stillman had a, a combined no hitter in baseball, and then the next week. Softball, the softball team threw a no hitter. A combined no hitter in that game, also. Oh, it was a combined hit. Okay, a combined yes, in a combined uh, no hitter. Okay, softball and um, baseball. And here's the irony uh, part of this, Brian. Both of these were against Oakwood. Oakwood? No, Oak, Oak Oakwood. I'm, uh, okay, not Oakland. Oakwood, huh? Yeah, Oakwood, not Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> Oakwood, Oakwood, out of uh, Huntsville, Alabama. HBCU. Okay, Huntsville. All right, is this their first season yes. playing uh, baseball and softball? That would be a good question for our research department. <laughs> okay. Since we hire a research department, we'll find out. We'll, we'll put them on that. <laughs> I will say, I will say, in terms of records, in terms of softball. Stillman's softball team is currently eight and one, uh, one of the top record. Now, of course, they've played, I think now about four games against Oakwood. Uh, but, you know, hey, look, wins are wins. You get them when you can, right? Um, some other significant or interesting numbers here in the first weekend or two of softball, Norfolk State 
is, I believe, coming into today. Now, this may have changed because I think they played a game today. They're either sitting at 5-1 and one or 6-1 and one on the season. Uh, Tennessee State and the OVC, they are actually 6-1 and one, uh, with wins over Jackson State, Alcorn, and Alabama A&M. Uh, Grambling State is actually 5-4. and four. They had a good run going. They've, they've kind of run into a buzzsaw this weekend in one of those five-game, five uh, what do you call them, a, a sh- not a shootout, but more of a, a tournament style where mm-hmm. you kind of invite – an invitational uh, where they've kind of lost a few games. Uh, Hampton is 4-2 and two out of the Colonial. They're on a four-game winning streak uh, after losing a couple of games at Mercer – uh, they they've kind of got back on a winning streak, winning four in a row. Allcorn, Allcorn, four and six. Currently, they had a rough weekend. Maybe that's who I was thinking of when I had somebody. Allcorn is like zero and five this weekend in that one of those invitationals. So some of the uh, some of the top softball teams in Division One, you know, Tennessee State, Norfolk State, Hampton, Grambling, Allcorn. Um, I was looking at. There's a good Twitter feed that uh, I always see putting out um, putting out softball rankings, HBCU softball. And from a few days ago, their Division One Week One poll. So this was coming out of the first week. Uh, their top five was Howard at number one, Texas Southern at two, Morgan State at three, Bethune-Cookman four, Prairie View at five. Uh, that's on the Division One level. On the Division Two slash NAIA side, their top five consisted of Tuskegee, Edward Waters, Albany State, Xavier, and West Virginia State. Uh, you know, Stillman was 10, so... Um, that, you know, those of you who are, are softball fans, uh, that's a good follow on Twitter at HBCU softball. And I'll be interested to see kind of if their poll changes, given some of these numbers that, uh, we just mentioned. All right. Speaking of polls, Drew, let's get into our BCSN top five, the seventh version of such polls. I know there's been a lot of movement since the last uh, poll we did two weeks ago. Um, so uh, are we going to start with the women or the men first? Well, we have, we have graphics women. set up for these. We got yes. graphics for these. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So the our graphics starts with the women. Okay. Go for, so uh, go full screen on those, Mr. Producer. All right, uh, he's we, we're showing them all. We're showing them all. So there we go. Go back to the beginning. Uh, <laughs> go back to the beginning. <laughs> all right, women. So, let's start with the women. Deep all one. right. Well, I, I think he's got them on a back loop one. here. We got to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, he's got. All them right. Okay, so there we go. All right, so let's get into our top five in the women's poll. You see, in the hunt, Alabama State. Now we in the hunt. We if these were if we did a top ten, that's who would be. You know. Six through nine, ten. That's Alabama State, Howard, Southern, Bethune, Cookman. Okay. 
Uh, number five, coming in at number five is Alabama A&M. Conference record of 10 and four. Interesting enough, Alabama A&M and Alabama State are both tied at second in second place in the SWAC. You know, the SWAC, the SWAC is, uh, look, there's four games left in the SWAC regular season. And there Three is a four. lot of, yeah, uh, okay. Um, the 18 game schedule. So anybody that's played 14 games, I would imagine yes. then you've got four left. So yes. b- between two and eight to nine, there is a lot of things that could happen to say the least in, in the standings. Um, obviously, uh, Jackson state is kind of setting themselves apart. We'll, we'll mention them here in a second. Um, continuing on, uh, oh, I lost. Okay. So number four out of the uh, CAA is North Carolina A&T who matter of fact, they just got a win today. I was checking Twitter. So this doesn't reflect that game today, but North Carolina A&T did get a win. So they actually now have 10 wins in conference play third is Morgan State, who were formerly number one at the time they were unbeaten until last night. Last night, they lost. I mean, you know, some. <laughs> I, I'm just going to read the opening paragraph from Morgan State, who entered their game against Norfolk State with a nine-game winning streak. Uh As the old adage goes, all good things must come to an end. Unfortunately for Morgan State on this day, that would be the case as the Spartans handed the Lady Bears their first MIAC loss of the season following a 74-37 to thumping inside Echols Hall. Uh, Say that score again. 74-37. to yeah, seven four to three seven. That's almost that is that is double. Yeah, it is double. Yeah, um, exactly double. Where where did it go bad? Uh, maybe the second quarter. Norfolk State outscored Morgan twenty two to five in the second quarter. I mean, it was a sixteen to eight first quarter, and then you outscored them twenty two to five there. And so, but Morgan is still in first place though. Uh, they're still in first place, but they're no longer first place in our poll. No, no, no. But uh, Jackson and the State. significant thing about that, Brian, mm-hmm. if these two teams meet in the tournament for the championship, the Norfolk has that chip on them where it's like, hey, we kicked the crap out of y'all last time we played y'all. And oh, yeah. for Morgan, they – they have that number one. They should have a chip over their shoulder not to come out and have another poor performance like that. But still, it has to be in the back of your mind. They kicked our tails last time we played them. So it's going to be interesting when those two, if those two were to match up again in the tournament, how that particular game is going to play out. Well, they they've split the series, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, obviously, Morgan State. Yeah, but when, when somebody du- du- doubles you up, though, Brian, that's a different type of loss. No matter sure, what you did sure. against them, that's a totally different kind of loss when you get doubled up. Right, right. Um, number two is Jackson State uh, running away with the swack again, thirteen and one. 
uh, record as uh, you know, maybe my 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 dog there, my dog buddy is uh, barking at something. Maybe he doesn't like the poll. Um, Thirteen and one record for Jackson State. They they still only have that one loss uh, where they got tripped up. I believe it was Prairie View who tripped them up on the road. Uh, since then, they've been beating people by about 30, 40. Um, well, 20. Put, look, hey, Drew, your pro tip. Jackson State to cover Monday. Just saying. Jackson State to cover Monday. They've been a winner. It's been a winner the last three, four games. I'm just just sharing, just sharing. Sharing is caring. Uh, and number one is Norfolk State, the Spartans, with their 20th win of the season, they are still in second place in the MEAC standings, but they are number one in our poll. So congrats to Norfolk State. Uh, it'll be interesting. And there's not much difference there between Norfolk State, Jackson State, and Morgan State. So it'll be interesting to see how things develop in Division One. Okay, Division Two, which is pretty much coming to the end. You've got the CIAA with their tournament upcoming this upcoming week, beginning on Tuesday. The SIC will be the following week. They have uh, most of the teams are, I think, playing their final game or games this upcoming week. So yeah, it's just about the, to come to by Tuesday. Yeah. So in the hunt in the uh, Division Two rankings, Miles, Kentucky State, Winston-Salem State, Clark Atlanta. Okay. Number five is Lincoln, PA, dropping from – third place a couple of weeks ago uh, with uh, a 12 and four record. And I think we were talking about this offline. Let's see if I still got it up. Lincoln PA will actually go into, nope, that's the, uh, uh, we're on the women. Okay. I got to go back. Anyway, I'll, I'll talk about the CIAA standings here a little bit later. Um, let me come back to this because um, I thought I had it pulled up, but that was the men's bracket I had pulled up. Savannah State, 13-5 and five overall in the conference, 17-6 on the season. Uh, moved up from fifth to fourth. Number three is Fayetteville State, moved up from fourth to third. So just a shuffling there from the three, four, and five teams. Uh, West Virginia State. With a 16-4 conference record, 21 wins on the season, four losses, all in conference. Uh, they are the number two team. And number one by, again, I you know I know we changed the metrics a little bit from a year ago, but I'd be curious to see, Drew, if maybe you can do this if you think about it. Punch in the stats for Jackson State at this time of the year, a year ago, and I wonder – if Jackson State would have a 99.24 out of a maximum of 100 points on our rankings uh, a year ago. But that's the kind of season that Tuskegee is having as they are 18-0 with one more conference game before it comes to an end. They have a chance to go unbeaten regular season. Uh, Drew, I don't think, uh, has that ever happened in Tuskegee or SIC basketball before? Uh, not to my knowledge, Brian, I don't think I remember a team going and old men or women. Okay. All right. Um, let's go over to the NEIA. 
on the NEIA side in the hunt. Arkansas Baptist, Wiley College, Langston University, uh, Stillman. Uh, those are the teams that would be kind of six, seven, eight, nine if there was a top 10. Uh, Xavier has jumped up from the outside of the top five into the top five, currently sitting at 17 and 10 overall, 11 and 7 in uh, conference. Uh, that conference being the Red River Conference. Number four, Fisk. Fisk uh, staying put with 11 3. Record in the GCAC, 17-7 overall. Number three, staying put, Philander Smith. They are 11-3 as well with a 21-5 record, having uh, pushed themselves over the 20-win mark this year. Dropping from number one to number two is Rust College. The Lady Bearcats actually lost a game by two points to Fisk. I believe it was last weekend on last Sunday, matter of fact. And so, you know, I, I think that might have opened the door for the new number one, which is Florida Memorial. They are 15-1 and one right now in the Sun Conference, 21-5 uh, and five overall. Uh, they are the top dogs. They actually, I think that is a 15-game win streak, too. They, I think they lost their first game in conference play and have not looked back since, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And uh, Florida Baboryu is the number one seed and the host for the uh, Sun Conference Tournament, which begins on Tuesday, but they will not be playing until next Friday and Saturday down there in Miami. Right. Um, with the, let me mention here the CIAA, which is starting on Tuesday. Um, we mentioned some of the teams in our poll. Uh, Fayetteville State. Go back here. Fayetteville State is actually the three number three ranked team. They are the overall number one seed in the. They're the defending champs. Uh, they will play their first game on the twenty second, which is Wednesday at uh, two twenty p.m. against the winner of Johnson C. Smith and Virginia Union. That's uh, they are the eight and nine teams. Uh, Bowie State. Uh, no, let me check that back. Lincoln, PA is the two seed. They, of course, are our fifth-ranked team. Uh, they, too, will play on Wednesday, 4.30 p.m., against uh, the winner of Virginia State and Livingstone. Uh, so those are the only two teams out of the um, CIAA. Uh, just in case you wonder, the three seed in the CIAA tournament is Winston-Salem State. The four seed is Bowie State. Okay? All right. Let's jump over to the the men. On the men, Division One side, uh, number in the hunt, rather, you got North Carolina Central. Uh, they've won kind of three games in a row. Tennessee State had a good run going there until they uh, lost a pair of games these last couple that they played. And then there's Southern. Southern, who the month of February has been bad. I mean, the Mardi Gras season has not been good to Southern as they have lost four or five since the month started. Uh, they were once in first place in the SWAT, and now they have fallen down to third. And uh, more importantly, a former number one team in our poll that's out of the hunt, or in the hunt, I guess, not out of the hunt, in the hunt. 
if they weren't if they weren't uh, if they weren't in the hunt, they were out of the hunt, right, Drew? I guess is that how that right. works? Correct. The, All right. So yes. number five is my, former number in one the pack. from two. We call them in the pack. In the pack, right? Uh, from two weeks ago, Maryland Eastern Shore was the number one team in the poll. They've fallen all the way down to five after a pair of losses. Um, number four, Alcorn State. Alcorn has won six games in a row, and they are now in first place in the SWAC with a twelve and two conference record. Uh, also, Alcorn has a six-game home winning streak as well. Uh, Grambling. Big win on Saturday at the uh, HBCU All-Star Game against Southern. They are number two in the SWAC. Um, you know, Grambling um, was four last week. Howard, Howard University coming in number two, nine and one record, first place in the MEAC. But unfortunately, the numbers don't shade their way. They are number two overall. Now, yes, Howard has a nine-game winning streak, which is like the fifth longest streak in the nation right now. They also have a seven-game home winning streak, but that won't help them out over the next three games as they go on the road for the next three games. Obviously, about four games left in the conference schedule. Three of them are on the road here beginning on Monday. So we'll see, can Howard finish off the deal and possibly win? And, of course, Drew, that sets up the big end of the regular season showdown between Norfolk State, who right now is our number one team. Norfolk State has a six-game winning streak. And so that just, you know, we'll see what the next three games hold for Norfolk State and Howard. But circle, I think it's March 3rd or March 4th is that last game. Yeah. All right, what, what you failed to uh, mention, Brian, is mm-hmm. Howard was the team that broke Norfolk State's home winning streak. I don't remember what the number was for Norfolk 19. State at home. It was 19. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was 19. And so, yes, and all that Norfolk State has done since then is just gone on winning. They got back to winning. So, I mean, just outstanding basketball in the MEAC um, and the upper level of the SWAC. So, uh also in the SWAC, the standings are so combobulated between uh, what from what we talk about six to nine. Everybody is tied at six and eight right now from six to nine. Everybody's six and eight. Uh, and then there's like two teams that are a game or two from number 10 is a game back at number 11 was a game back of number 10. Yeah. So right. it for, for uh, regular number season games games left. Out. Yes. That's Florida A&M, by the way, just in case you wondered. Yes. Uh, so we're not saying the season's over, but there's a slight possibility there's any chance that they could actually uh, uh, make a make a run. All right, let's jump to D2. We got to move quick here, Drew. And now with Division Two, obviously this is part of the CIAA tournament taking place. You've also got region rankings taking place now. Um this is a little different than what you gave me earlier, Drew. So I don't know. Maybe we did yeah. some recalculations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, okay. When I gave you the numbers earlier, I realized that I had not calculated the CIAA in the whole in the whole matrix. I had just skipped over the whole conference when I was updating. Okay. Uh, so in the hunt, you've got West Virginia State, Lincoln, Missouri, Virginia State, who is actually a region-ranked team in the Atlantic. Okay, that's important. Uh, we don't know the seeding yet, but they are they are considered 
one of the upper level teams in the Atlantic Division. Top 10. Got Fayetteville. Only top 10 yeah, top ranked 10. Uh, at this point. In time. Fayetteville State and then Lemoyne Owen. Okay, so number five is Benedict. Um, <clears throat> as Benedict, 15 and five, first place. I had a chance to call that game last night or yesterday afternoon against Morehouse. They are in first place for now. And, That's all I'll and so, and somebody mentioned, And somebody uh, put in the chat early in our conversation today about, about that incident. We have no confirmation one way or the other about about that. So we're just going to let that play out. Yeah, that, that's why I said they're in first place for now. Okay, number four um, is Claflin, who formerly was the number two team. Tuskegee comes in from out of the hunt, and they are on the number three line. They're actually ranked in the region, in the south region. Um, the only team in our top five that is ranked in the region. Number two, Miles. 20 wins on the year, uh, but Miles uh, ranked number uh, three a week or a couple weeks ago in our poll and number two. Now, Virginia Union sitting atop not only uh, our poll, but sitting uh, as the number one seed going into the CIAA tournament this weekend. Um, I'm and not going to say it's ranked. not regionally ranked. Yeah, not it's not it's not their tournament to lose, but it'll be they will be a favorite. Virginia Union will be a favorite uh, to to win the CIAA. Yeah. All right, let's quickly one, one, turn one other thing, Brian. Uh, Tuskegee Miles a tie atop of the SIAC West, and Tuskegee owns the tiebreaker over Miles based on their 2 0 sweep of Miles during the season. Okay, uh, jumping over to the NAIA, our last top five here in the hunt. You've got Xavier, Paul Quinn, and Wiley College coming in at number five is Dillard University. In the GCAC, nine and five conference record. Number four, Philander Smith, uh, ten and four conference record, twenty wins on the year. Arkansas Baptist uh, conference escapes me right now, but fourteen and five record. They're independent. They're independent. Independent. Okay. Uh, number two, CAA. Langston University. Congratulations to coach uh, to coach Chris Wright and Langston, who won the uh, Sooner Athletic Conference regular season title. Uh, in his first year, I'll tell you, all the man does after coming off of a national runner-up a year ago with Talladega, gets to Langston, turned the program around, and now they're doing what they do. All right, you know, great coach, great coach, um, program program builder. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Langston, 26-2. and two. And then the number one team is also a conference champion, regular season conference champion, the Tougaloo Bulldogs. Unbeaten in the GCAC, 14-0, 26-1. GCAC tournament, I believe, is starting this weekend or this upcoming week. This week, actually. Thursday. So Thursday. Thursday. Starts Thursday. So it'll be interesting to see what they can uh, what they can do. Okay, Drew, uh, final thoughts. Give your final thoughts uh, so we can get out of here and go, go catch this all-star game. Uh, just quickly going back over the polls, Brian. You know, we ever had since we've been doing these polls, a team go and O on both sides of the ledger as Tougaloo can 
do, or I believe they have done, and Tuskegee is one game from going and O on the women's side. Uh, have we had that happen with two and O teams, Brian? Mm, I, not that I recall. I no. can't recall. Yeah, because last year Jackson State was and O on the women's side, but I don't think we had a men's team who uh, – who was undefeated uh, in their conference. So just, just shout out to the uh, great levels of basketball. Uh, Lawrence says, uh, check that Jeremiah Clark says uh, that the uh, baseball classic has shown me that the interest is there. We have to market HBCU baseball better. The Astros are just different in their marketing efforts to minorities and baseball. So, uh, Different yeah, good or different not, bad? I don't know. What is he saying? Different good or different? The Astros are different. I'm, I'm assuming that means different isn't good before, because the Astros stepped out in, into this. You know, we've only had a couple of, you know, you, you've got the Andre Dawson classic, but. That's a uh, matter of fact, not, that's next that's, weekend. Correct. That's next weekend. But that's it. But that's an MLB thing. You know, the Atlanta Braves have stepped into HBCU baseball with the classic that they do. The name of the classic escapes me, but that occurs in Macon. Gar Lucas. Gar Lucas. Yeah, and that occurs in Macon, Georgia uh, at their minor league park that they have there in Macon, Georgia. But uh, outside of of a a team here and there, there aren't a whole lot of MLB teams who are diving deep into it. Now, the Cincinnati Reds sponsored the – uh, was it Wilberforce or was it Central State? Central State, who just got back into baseball, so they were sponsored by the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, the, the, I believe MLB helped Xavier get rolling. We know Florida Memorial and the Miami Marlins have a relationship, but there are not a whole lot of teams who have had a direct relationship either with a school or with HBCU baseball. So shout out to the Houston Astros for one and Daryl Wade for wanting to put on this classic. And let's not forget, he did a small tur- a small school classic before he did this uh, Cactus Jack classic. So this is the second one that the Astros have done this year. So if anybody has shown that they are committed to it, the Houston Astros have, have they didn't just stick their toe in the water. They dove, they dove straight to the deep end, Brian. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so props to the Astros. Glad, glad it, you know, went well. Um, and we'll be, we'll be watching. And so, like I said, our, our, our calendar is busy. different as in good. Yeah. I saw just, that. Uh, um, put that back in there. Calendar is busy. Uh, spring sports again, be patient with your SIDs and your sports information departments. Cause they are overloaded. Drew knows that specifically. <laughs> so basketball is still going on. Spring sports are starting. Uh, it, you know, if you as you come across information, feel free to retweet it. Uh, my final thought: I got to give a shout out to my uncle. My uncle Cecil Taylor is a member of the 1974 Norfolk State football team. They were recognized this past weekend, uh, along with members of the 74 and 75 teams at Norfolk State. They were uh, that era of Norfolk State. They won three CIAA championships. Uh, He was actually a kicker on the 74 team, the last unbeaten conference winning team in any 
conference that the uh, Norfolk State has been in because obviously they were in the CIAA and then they moved into the uh, the MIAT. But the last unbeaten conference team was the 1974 Spartans that he was a part of. Um, they went eight and zero in the CIAA, but uh, they they honored the those teams are all part of the Dick Price era. Of course, the stadium that they play in now, named after Dick Price. Uh, those first three years that Dick Price came to Norfolk State, they won uh, in conference. They were eight and zero, seven and one, seven and one in the uh, in the uh, CIAA, and I think there was only one other CIAA winning championship team post that three-year period. So got to give my uncle Cecil Taylor a shout-out and uh, show him some love and those Spartans, of course, my uh, my late mother and uh, my father, uh, who, who's, you know, he's a Norfolk State fan, but my late mother, that's where they met. So behold, the green and gold is still in my heart. It's, it's a part of our family. So whenever I get a chance to give uh, the green and gold a shout-out, I definitely will do that. And so... That'll do it for tonight's show. Uh, thanks hey, to our producer. Yeah. You forgot to answer the one question. How many security uh, guards does it take to remove a cheerleader? Let's get out of here on that one, though, Brian. <laughs> Apparently, it takes, uh, it, takes, it takes eight. I want the name of that young lady. That's who I want to interview with. I, does she still have a scholarship at Mississippi Valley State? Uh, I, I want some follow-up reporting to be done by somebody. Somebody, anybody, and if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, d- do a quick Google search, um, Mississippi State Valley Cheerleader. That's all you got to do, and it'll pop up, I'm sure. All right, we're going to get out of here. Shout out to our producer, Roy, um, who's, uh, you know, uh, grinding it and, uh, you know, on the background, making sure we get on the air. Uh, Drew, uh, God bless you. Uh, I'm not going to put it out there, but God bless you. That's all I'm going to say to you. And Drew will tell us a story. It'll be story time with Drew next week, I'm sure. <laughs> a more, I don't know if it'll be all, as all I'm as say, my story. All, all I'm going <laughs> to say is, men, when you get 45 and 50, and you have to do, and you have to do that thing, you know what I'm talking about. Well, pe- yeah. it's a, not just men. All people, when they get to that age, they have to, they have to drink that stuff. And do that thing. That's why we've been taking more commercial breaks on today than we normally do. And well, it's let, time for us to it's time for us to pick yeah, up this show and get out of here. Get out of here. So I can go handle that business. I know you need to get out. So we're gonna get out of here. Thanks everybody for uh watching us on Facebook and on uh YouTube. Go find the show, follow the streams on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh make sure you go get the BCSN pod zone everywhere you listen and download podcasts. That's BCSN Pod Zone. All right, we're out of here. My name is Brian. That's Drew. Peace out, everybody. Well, holla.